Okay, welcome to episode 44 of the United Pubcast, aka Manchester is Red. Um, joined online today, not at the pub, by Larry. How are we, mate? Oh, well, I'd normally say after waking up at 4.15 on a Sunday morning that I'd hate my life, but um, mate, what a result, and it's definitely one way to wake up joyous on a Sunday morning, that's for sure. Well, the 4.30 a.m. kickoffs aren't too bad because once the match finishes at 6.30, you can just continue on with your day. It's those 3.30 and 2.30 games where once it's full-time, you've still got those two hours of sort of early morning slash night time, so I dealt with it quite well, and obviously the result does help a lot. Um, we were sitting here this time last week um, thinking our manager could be with it, um, out of his job, out of the position. Um how on earth you change that round? I don't know. Well, I can tell you, you get two wins against two of the world's greatest managers. Um, excellent. Like, honestly, if you said to us, you know, last Monday when we sat down to say, you know, how many points do you think we could get? I, I would have said to you, best case scenario, you get three. Maybe a win, um, you know, a draw or and a loss. But, mate, what we've seen, just two victories, um, unreal. I think especially off the back of the Sheffield United match and the Aston Villa match, no one could have picked six points from these two games. Like, as you said, their best-case scenario may be three points. I'm very optimistic, and I was thinking best-case scenario, one point. You could maybe sneak a draw out of one of the games, but it's not just the results. We've performed well in both games and definitely deserved all six points. And he has just pulled it out of the hat because whatever your opinion on him, he was under serious pressure. If he did lose the two games, he was gone. And not that I wanted him to be gone at all, but he was definitely gone if he had lost those two games. Yeah, and we were just talking about it. It just shows how quickly you can climb up the table. Um, United now secured in the top six, um, sitting in fifth. And we're only five points off Chelsea, who fortunately had lost to Everton, um, who we will face next. So it'll definitely be a challenging game given that they'll be coming in with some confidence, but it's definitely a step in the right direction for United. Um, we'll actually get on to the actual game. We might as well get into it. Um, one of my fears going into this game, regardless of the Tottenham match, City are a different prospect, especially City away. I had a fear that he was going to change things and maybe go three at the back to try and, I wouldn't say contain Man City, but they have such power going forward and such a threat going forward he would have had a more defensive approach. And while it was a defensive approach in terms of containing them and soaking up the pressure, I thought it was very brave, not brave of him, but very well done from Solskjaer to keep a flat back four and sort of, sort of I don't know how you'd say it, sort of believe in your front four, that front three and whoever was playing at 10 to go on and do the damage on the attack and let Fred and McTominay sit rather than just sort of invite pressure on with a five at the back. So um, hats off to Solskjaer. He could have easily changed it, which he has done um, in previous weeks, to go a three or a five at the back. But um, yeah, hats off to him. Um, playing the four-two-three-one in this game, I thought. I 100% agree with you. Um, I had the same fear, to be honest. We did see against Liverpool um, that he did go with three at the back, um, but he's stuck solid. And I thought it was the right thing to do, especially coming in after the Tottenham result, which... You know, I thought that was Lindelof's best game in a while. Um, Maguire as well. And both of them, um, they're finally starting to look like to have an understanding between each other. At times, they'd look very 
you know, they're a partnership in theory, but then they just kind of look like they're individuals in the sense they don't look like they communicate very well and they don't look like they read each other's game very well. But the last two games, both of them have stepped up. Now, I still think in the grand scheme of things, um, is that a partnership that can win a title? Um, I don't. I personally don't think so. I think Lindelof is still the weak link of that pairing, but um, excellent performance from them. But can we say um, Wan-Bissaka? Wow. Yeah, Honestly, what? he earned the fifty million in that one game. He was just, and I think one of the things was remember that you throw back to the match against Tottenham where he's almost mm. not involved because the ball wasn't getting out to Tottenham's left hand side. But this game they were playing through Sterling so much, and obviously Sterling's one of their key players. But mm. Sterling had so much of the ball, and you think if a pl- if a player of that ability is going to have the ball for that amount of time throughout the game, they're going to make something happen. And obviously, once or twice he sort of got in behind and sort of into a dangerous area. But 99 times out of 100, Wambasaka dealt with it and dealt with it effortlessly. Um, I thought going forward, he was, he was fine. He was sort of an, a definite outlet. We found him a few times free on the right, but defensively up against probably the best attack or second best attack, depends how you look at it in the league. Um, I thought a clear man on the match, but he's definitely his best performance in the United shirt, and yeah, hopefully silences a few of his critics because he has been, I wouldn't say criticised in recent weeks defensively, but people have sort of calmed down on their praise of him. But I think um, everyone's back on the bandwagon now. Yeah, well, this is the best attack in the league um, for Liverpool's plaudits and excellent winning streak. They don't score as many goals as City. City are the best attacking team in the league. So well, that, the fact first that... Half, that first half when City were dominating, and obviously it was part of our game plan to let them come on to sort of um, leave that space in behind them or expose that space in behind them. But when City had the ball, and you see the quality they have, like and David Silva and De Bruyne and Bernardo yeah. Silva, Sterling on the left, I was watching them and thinking, how don't they win every game 15-0? They just look like they're going to create something every time they go forward. And, okay, I think we're definitely deserved winners, but and we are a long way off Man City. We have to accept that. But, bloody hell, they are a good team going forward. Obviously, we defended very well and deserved to keep them out. But um, it was just, my heart was in my mouth every time they were coming towards our goal. I was thinking, oh, God, here's what, they're going to find a pass here. They're going to find a little bit of space. But um, I think more so... I don't, maybe City did have an off day, but I think you can put a lot of that down to how well we defended as a team. No doubt. <laughs> if your heart was in your mouth, my heart was in my ass. Because, um, mate, it felt like I was going to crap oh, it out. Injury um, time. Especially after well. the I was feeling Mendigate. sick in injury time. Yeah. Um, like they, they really do have a brilliant attack. And, and I'm not going to praise City too much, but I've got to say, Kev, Kevin De Bruyne, like, he's on another level. Yeah, we have five, six players around him, and he still manages to find a pass. Like, he... His level of vision is unmatched. He's really brilliant. Yeah, you know, for me, he's the best player in the league, um, and he performs like that consistently. But uh, but I thought, again, and you move into our midfield, you put it on paper, De Bruyne against Fred or McTominay, and it's it's a no contest. But the way Fred and McTominay are playing, it's... Um, I wouldn't say they kept him in his pocket, but they dealt with everything that he had. And um, you wouldn't have thought that from a player from Scott McTominay or Fred, that they had that in their locker, but they're fully deserving of all the praise they get for the past two matches. For sure. Um, I think Fred's actually been on an upward trajectory for a while. 
Uh, I know United haven't really been getting the results, but when we went through that little purple patch, if you want to call it that, before the Sheffield United result, Fred was one of our better players. And I think Pereira coming in, obviously, it dimmed a, uh, put a shade on that midfield, so to speak, because naturally that is our weaker area. But I think Fred's actually been performing well. And then when you put McTominay back with that confidence that Fred had been gaining just by getting a match rhythm and playing regularly, they seem to do... They do work well together. I think McTominay allows Fred to get forward. I think Fred is a more creative player than what people give him credit for. I don't, again, like Lindelof, I don't think he is a premiership-winning starting midfielder week in, week out in this side, but I definitely think he could be a squad player long-term, um, and he deserves all the plaudits he's been getting. He's played really well. Um, it seems well, we're starting at the back and moving our way through the team, but I think we'll just go back to the defenders at the moment. Someone who his performance probably was the least, I'd say, standout-ish, but um, someone who I think needs praise, especially for the challenge that he did face, was Luke Shaw. I'd, correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhere, maybe in the commentary, they said that's his first league start since August. I'm not sure if that's true or not. It is true. His but, last um, start was against Wolves. So I put that into context. For him to go into that game then against Bernardo Silva, um, and Luke Shaw, look, who are we to criticise, but he did look like he was carrying a few extra pounds today. Um, to come in to that match, not match fit, against who I think was the best player in the league last season... And again, I don't want to use these over-the-top cliches, but I thought he kept Bernardo Silva in his pocket. He did. Um, there were times he got troubled or he did lose him, but he always seemed to get back. He had enough pace to get back when he did lose him. And yeah, I thought Shaw was quite assured, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Not know bad. if Shaw's as fat as people claim he is. Yeah, no, I think he's just got that stocky Yeah, it's his body, body type. type. But... Um... Yeah, he's definitely no Andy Ruiz, who had just watched in the boxing, who absolutely a disgrace. He's a world champion. He came in fatter than he was in the in the first fight for anyone who um any of our boxing aficionados. But um, yeah, no, hundred percent hats off to Luke Shaw because that is a big challenge, and um, because the back four doesn't need doesn't just need to work sort of as a back four, as we said with Lindelof and Maguire, but so often in a match against Man City or a team like Man City. It's about how you defend individually and one-on-one. And we saw how Wan-Bissaka stood out in his one-on-one um, battles. Luke Shaw had just as many against Bernardo Silva. Obviously a different threat. Sterling and Silva are very different players. But um, if you've been criticising Luke Shaw for the way he defends, I thought you have to give him a heap of praise for his performance this morning. Yeah, um, he's played two substitute appearances, really. And I know he's not the fittest. So I, I personally do think he has a future at United. Um, of course, there's a lot of variables there. Can he stay fit? And I know people have been praising Brendan Williams, but for me, Luke Shaw's a much better footballer. I mean, I know Brendan Williams is work rate. I know he's a Manchester boy. Um, I don't doubt that he could, again, be a player for United. But for me, if you're talking about pure footballing ability, um, I think this was the right decision. And credit to Solskjaer. I think it paid off. No, 100%. Um, now we'll go back into the direction we'll go and we touched on Fred and McTominay and again someone who since he was given I don't want to say given the captain's armband but he did captain the side away in Kazakhstan Jesse Lingard since he's come back into the team with a bit more sort of consistent minutes I think he's been brilliant and he's one player Pro doesn't really stand out um, obviously other players pop in with the goals and the assists but um, I thought again he was the right selection by Sol- Solskjaer could have easily have gone to someone else he could have gone for 
Pereira's energy or perceived energy and bite. He could have gone with Matter's sort of experience and maturity. And um, but he's gone for Lingard again for his his work rate and the way he um sort of he, almost his intelligence with and without the ball. And um, again, there's players who definitely stood out more today, but I thought Lingard was key. I will fight anyone on this. Um, Lingard is a big game player. He 100% is. Every time there's opposition who wants to attack against United, you start Lingard because his movement off the ball is brilliant and his work rate is unmatched. He runs non-stop. Even if he is tired and his legs are going and you can feel the lactic acid building, he just keeps going no matter what. Um honestly I thought he had a really good performance and he actually created a few chances created the most chances against Tottenham um, who did reverse before Tottenham he had the most chances in that game as well yeah Villa when um, he came off the bench Villa he had yeah most chances there so he's definitely finding some form again I think he's, um, it's weird he almost and I use the term footballers know the term uh, cheating in terms of when you're tracking back doesn't track back yeah. all the way. He's, he's not that player because he puts in so much defensive effort and, and work rate and he's always getting goal side. But he has this knack of when the ball um, turns over, when the opposition turns over the ball, he's in behind them already. So he's, it allows Fred, allows McTominay, allows Maguire to try and play that ball forward. And he's getting the ball in between those two lines between the midfield and defence. And it sort of it really shouldn't be happening in that type of game because he should be goal side and defending and because of the amount of work he's putting in. But as soon as that ball turns over, he's so quick in, in finding that space in behind. And, um, yeah, he's, you can understand why managers pick him in these big games because he's always in that space. And maybe sometimes his quality does let him down. But um, more often than not, he's making the right decision when he gets the ball. It might not be the flashy decision and a sort of a slide rule assist or a pass. But um, he's often finding Rashford, Martial and Daniel James... Um, with just sort of a, I'd say, just a nice, nice, easy, completed pass, and then we can set the attack from there. Yeah, he's very intelligent. Um, I, I still don't think in when we're against opposition who are going to sit deep. I don't think Lingard's your man to play in the number ten. Um, if we are going to stick with this formation, I think should Pogba be fit for Everton? Um, and again, I guess that's hopeful because we just he keeps getting delayed and delayed, and who knows what's happening behind the scenes, but. Um, you'd like to think if Pogba's fit, we can go to a four-three-three, and I think that that would really complement the side. And Pogba can be that key man to you know unlock a defence because he's got that in his locker. I think that comes down to a little bit also just sort of squad depth and options at the moment, like because as I said, they're completely different games away at City and at home to Everton, different challenges. And as you say, Lingard's probably the perfect player to come in away at Man City. But when we're now going to have the ball at Everton um, at home, to, or you'd think we'll have the ball at home to Everton. Yeah, maybe you need someone with that little bit more quality on the ball, whether that be a Pogba or a change in, change in shape to allow us to have more attacking players on the pitch. But um, yeah, Lingard again, another player who's coming for dogs abuse online. I think it's fantastic to see him doing well. Um, you know what? I'm going to give credit to Ashley Young. There was When he came on, there was one instance towards the end of the game. I can't recall. I think it was Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker was about to get the ball. Ashley Young bursted his lungs to get to the ball. He intercepted, and then he conceded the foul. And I thought, you know what? I give him stick. I don't think he's good enough for United. But that was maturity, and that was experience. So credit where it's due. Yeah, no, he's, he's come on. And again, against Tottenham, we have to give him credit for the way he performed. And um, 
Yeah, this game he did come, and it's hard coming on as a defender in those last sort of closing stages when sort of you're under the pump and the team of City's ability is attacking. But um, when you come on and see the match out, you can't fault him at all. And um, look, we look, we obviously criticise him and we we sort of try and dispute his experience, saying, well, his experience should lead to good decisions when he has obviously a lot of poor decisions in his locker. But um, he is at the end. Of, that's sort of a fan emotion after a loss. You say like that, but he is a very experienced player, and he does know what it takes to win games like that. Um, he is a player that can get under the skin of oppositions. You saw, as you say, a, a sort of incident like that. There was instance with um, McTominay. He was drawing fouls for fun. The amount of times he was nowhere near getting fouled, but he just has this knack of leaving his leg in to. It's it's not a dive, but just the way he draws the fouls is um, a thing of beauty. I reckon. And um, you need that in those type of games because you have to play off the emotion that the fans will start getting on the referee's back and time wasting, etc. So, um, yeah, we might as well praise Ashley Young while we can because it might not last. So, you got anything, <laughs> anything else nice to say about Ashley Young? Uh, no. no we'll okay, leave we'll it leave, at that. We'll leave it there. Um, we'll make our way further up the pitch. Um, we'll go Daniel James again. Um it's, oh. hard, it's hard to imagine. He's still, you still have to remember what he is. He's a fifteen million pound signing from Swansea. Um, He's brilliant. That's what he is. His pace troubled that defence. Um, yeah, they're, they're every, definitely concerned with him. Yeah, I, I still say that. I just want him to add a little bit more to his game. I think he's still just too up and down, and <clears throat> that's me being critical um, with with not a lot of conviction. But uh, do, do you? I, I don't know. Do you agree with me? I just I feel like he definitely troubles the fence, but I feel he's a bit too one-dimensional in what I think he's going to do. Th- th- there was an incident. I think it, w- it was in the first half. I, I forget who played him through. He played him in sort of onto the edge of the box, and he added an option whether to sort of drive with the ball or get a cross in or cut it back to the edge of the box for Martial. Martial had a shot. Absolutely nothing wrong with that option. Played a pass to a free player. The free player was able to get a shot away. But I had the feel when the ball was travelling towards him, you could see in his mind, or this is me watching from through the TV, but I had the sense through his mind that he just wanted to do the right thing, that he didn't want to sort of annoy anyone or make a mistake. So he just took, well, very cliche, took the easy option. Where I think, and that might come from, I wouldn't say inexperience, but sort of the level that he's playing at now. He's now a player for Man United where he does feel that pressure where he can't make a mistake. Where I thought the better option, instead of playing Martial in that area, was to drive with the ball, get to the byline, and hit, hit a sort of hard low crossing. But he almost, he saw Martial cut back, and he didn't want to piss Martial off by not playing in the ball. So he sort of caved to that pressure and stopped and played the easy pass where... And again, nothing wrong with that ball at all. If Martial puts that in the top corner, we say fantastic assist. But um, I just feel that that is the one thing that, again, not letting him down because he's doing fantastic. But yeah, he is... I think he could take a few more risks with the ball in that final third. I think sometimes he's very basic in his... Which sometimes is good for a, for a winger. Um, remember, one of my favourite wingers, Antonio Valencia, he was drop the left shoulder, go to the right. Sometimes basic is good. But um, I think if I had one criticism, and that is, again, clutching at straws, would be yeah. he's very basic in, in what he wants to do. Yeah, and look, I, I think he'll improve that area of his game. But overall, I thought he was very dangerous every time he had the ball. Uh, he, he's definitely, and you know what, credit to you, mate, because 
I, I questioned you when you were saying put him on the right, but if you look at the balance of our of our team, he definitely adds more balance on the right. We actually have width out there now. And the way Rashford's playing on the left at the moment, wow, we, like, uh, well, mate, I, he I is think defensively, Yeah, well, we'll get on to Rashford in a sec, but defensively, yeah. Dan James as well, like, the amount of... He just... He's a nightmare for defenders because, well, first of all, the defenders don't want to go forward because you're going to expose that space in behind. But... Yeah. um. He's quite a physical player. Like, he doesn't look it because he's he's obviously small in stature, but he doesn't give defenders an inch with the ball, and um, yeah, he throws himself about. Which in a game like that, it's, uh, as a fan, you love to see if someone put their body on the line the way he does. Yeah, very passionate. Um, but he plays like a fan. I wonder if he was a United fan growing up. But um, look, I, I can't fault his attitude and I can't fault his work rate. And again, another very good performance. Um, okay, we'll get into the the two goal scorers. Um, we'll start with the first goal and Rashford. Um, first of all, VAR, well, not VAR, VAR did the correct thing. How did the referee not give a penalty in the first thing, in the first sort of glance at it? I mean, that's what happens when you have technology. I mean, we at rugby league's very prominent in Australia. Um, and you see it here. Every time a try is scored, the referees are hesitant to make a call. They always send it up to the video and you hear the frustration of the fans in the stand. It's getting like that with the Premier League now. It's almost like there's, in the back of your mind, you know there's the technology there. So why should I make a call which could be wrong when I can just get someone else to make the call? Which could be wrong as well, but then you'll just blame VAR. As a referee, you wipe your hands with it. Um, That's the problem, and that's my issue with it. What did you think of the actual... And again, that's a whole different debate for a whole other day. But in terms of there was, I'd say, off the top of my head, maybe five or six times where... It sort of went to VAR, sort of behind the scenes, um, and I thought they were all sort of against us, like penalty things, like one or two handball claims, and but I thought the VAR probably got them right. And the one that really sticks out was the Fred handball. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it was all the right call, but well, I think what helped him was he initially did bring his hands towards his body, so um, I yeah. think that did help him. There was an instance as well with Luke Shaw. Um, I think it might have been in the second half. Or towards yeah, well, the again, he, he brought his arm in towards his body. Um, yeah, similar situations. Yeah. Um, but again, with the with the Shaw, I think, again, they're the right call, but just the interpretation of that rule, I think they really need to look at that because I think it's it's giving penalties away wrongly. You know, that that's not what a handball is. Yeah. Well, there's the Lindelof one as well, which Rick is, which definitely wasn't a handball. But you think, God, he's uh, he's on the ground, so he couldn't. His hand was in a natural position, but the way it, yeah. bought, it flicked up and hit his hand, which sort of was in the middle of nowhere, it was still a natural position. But um, technically, in the middle of nowhere, you think, God, a referee might actually give that. So um, while it maybe did look like United were lucky with some of the VAR calls, I think if you take emotion out of it or bias aside, they're probably the right calls. It just happened to be four or five right calls, which sometimes doesn't quite weigh up. Um, who else? Oh, actually, well, back onto the actual goal. So Rashford actually took the penalty. Um, yeah. He he seems to go that side now, um, low to the right, because the keepers now all think he's going to go hard to the left. But um, he sent Edison the wrong way. Well, yeah, he's... You know, he seems to be working on his penalties because... And you know what? Credit to him. You can see the whole time he's got his eye in the top left corner. Yeah. And... You know, if you take penalties, like that's that's a very difficult skill. The fact he can eyeing one area of the goal and shooting in another area, that takes real temperament and that takes a lot of practice. Um, 
Yeah, what I was saying a moment ago, mate, Rashford's unplayable at the moment. Like, the way, at the, previously, he was just cutting in off the left, like, it was just, you knew. If you stay on his right foot, he will just cut in, cut in, cut in. Now, he's got variety, he's cutting in, but then he's zigging out, and he's looking very dangerous, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, similar shot to the Tottenham game, where he just, like, he didn't even take a step onto it. It was just all-power shot, and again, he's hit the post. He's... Mm. He is really blossoming. I don't know if this is just a purple patch full of confidence, but he's now equaled his best over um, goal tally for United, and it's December. So I'm, I'm hopeful for where he can go, and I'm really happy for him. Well, it's crazy. We were thinking maybe a couple of months ago, we were thinking about his lack of goals and why he sort of can't take that next step in his career because he doesn't have those goals in his game. But we look like pure idiots now because he's, uh, as you say, matched his... Um, best ever record in the Premier League and already and he's going to you'd assume at least double it if not more and um, yeah it's only December so he, he's shutting us up well credit to the man he's obviously putting the work in um, and you, I think credit to Martial because um, now I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being a little bit biased here to my favourite player but when Martial returned I don't think it's a coincidence that coincided with Rashford's turn up in form it just freed him up. Um, Martial's more comfortable back to goal, and I think that the whole team, in fact, has improved since Martial's come back into the team. I know he didn't play against Tottenham, um, but I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think it's almost just a case of players in their natural position. Put Martial through the middle, who wants to be a striker, that's great, and it allows Rashford to be a winger because Rashford isn't that number nine. And we've heard countless experts sort of, sort of back up that claim. So I think Rashford out on the left... It does free him up, whether that can be isolated one-on-one with a defender or sort of allow him to receive the ball facing the goal rather than how Martial will receive the ball with his back to goal nine times out of ten. So there's so many different tactics that come into the game, but I think it's as simple as playing plays in their preferred position. Can someone at the end of the season organise a 100-metre sprint between Rashford and Dan James? And if that were to happen, who are you backing? I would say my guess would probably be Rashford over a longer distance. I think I think Dan James probably looks quicker, um, but I think Rashford's stride would take him over the finishing line just a millisecond over the um, young Welshman. But um, that would be a quick race, I think. Um, on to Martial's goal um, with actually Dan James, I think, got the assist, technical assist. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it was the greatest shot. Well, it was a good shot. It went in inside of the post, perfectly placed. But um, I don't think he hit it as sweetly as he wanted to. I think he wanted to sort of get a little bit more power in it. But um, yeah, you don't get any more accurate than that. No, I mean, I, look, if I'm being critical, I think Edison should have done better with it. Um, but in saying that, uh, left foot shot, um, Martial's movement to put himself in position to shoot as well, uh, very intelligent, very skillful. Um, I, I thought Martial had a good game overall, to be honest. Um, and he, he had work rate about him. And I, I really enjoy seeing that from Martial, maybe because we're conditioned to not seeing him um, be asked, Or maybe that's just his resting face. I don't know. But um, yeah, I was, I was really happy with Martial. Um, and perfect game for him to come in, put in a solid 80-odd minutes before Pereira came on. Um, yeah, well, I was surprised because the yeah. news ahead of the, or just before the Tottenham game that he's going to be out for a while. And then obviously heard... Of, a few murmurs and Solskjaer addressing his press conference that he might be back for this game. But you're obviously thinking, okay, Greenwood would keep his spot and Martial might come off the bench in the last 20 minutes. 
But um, it was a big call from Solskjaer, and again, probably a bigger call from Solskjaer again to take him off. A lot of criticism probably throughout... I wasn't on Twitter throughout the match, but I assume he probably got a lot of criticism at the time then thinking, oh, God, we're going too defensive. But um, it could be a case of Solskjaer learning from the past experiences of playing these players with Knox or who aren't 100% fit. So I think it was quite important to get Martial off. Yeah, and I think Solskjaer... Um, did very well with this. It was Pereira who came on from Mar- for Martial. Um, and I thought Pereira had a an improved game. Again, played well, kept the ball. You know what? Like, yeah, it was a good kick out on, who was it, Fernandinho? Or yeah, um, I was going to say, um, Pereira's made a fan of me <laughs> just for putting a boot in. Um, brilliant. No, it was Sterling, actually. It was Sterling. Sterling it was too. It was too. Former Liverpool player, current City player. Can't find a better player to kick, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think Pereira... In coming in, if you can see games like that out, like he did against Tottenham, same against City, that's something that can sort of uh, within if he is contributing to the team and contributing to points in that way, I think that is a way he can boost his confidence. So he can maybe come into a game like Colchester now and start, and then contribute a little bit more. So um, I think Solskjaer is managing Pereira, who is out of form. I think he's managing him well now, rather than throwing him straight in the deep end, starting away at City. I think it would have been suicide. So. Hats off to um, Solskjaer, who we might as well now actually discuss and praise because, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, this time last week we're sitting here and, look, you won't find a bigger fan than myself. And yourself as well do want Solskjaer to do well. But we both thought, I think, he was out out of a job today. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for him. Um, look, if I'm being honest, okay, I just... If we're, we're playing with a cool head, um, the way Tottenham and City play against us does suit United's team and it does suit the way that Oli wants to play. But in saying that, it still means he had to put in a tactical system, he had to adjust the system when those teams were then going to come for it because obviously they, they both were chasing goals. And he set the team up brilliantly. His tactical um, now was spot on. His squad selection was spot on. Um, and you know what? I don't know if you saw this after the game, but he's gone to the away end. He's he's tapped the, he's tapped the badge ferociously, yeah. and he's fist pumping to the fans. And you can just see it means the world to him. Well, man. there was a great video as well. Like, well, we'll put it on our Twitter and Facebook account later. But um, yeah, where um, Solskjaer was walking off the pitch, um, back down through the tunnel, and he's yeah. waving up and applauding someone up in the director's box and as the camera fades off Solskjaer it zooms into someone in the crowd and it's Sir Alex Ferguson and oh it's um, brilliant oh it was really good to see it didn't bring a tear to the eye but my god it was close because some of the abuse Solskjaer has been copying and we've been critical of him here but I think we've been two of the people who have sort of taken a step critical, back and a little, little bit of sense yeah. and sort of tried to get people to back him and sort of understand what he is doing behind the scenes because I think you can see in performances like that that there's something there. It's it's not going to be the team or potentially even the manager to take us to Champions League glory, but from the position we're in now and the players we are we currently have and the state the club is in, I think a manager like Solskjaer or a personality like Solskjaer is doing the right thing behind the scenes in terms of creating a, or not even creating a culture, sort of trying to fix the culture, and you can see it in performances like that that he is doing something right. And yeah, one hundred percent glad for him because I think that. I don't want to say saves his job for the rest of the season, but I think that gets him through to January now where I think he definitely deserves big money to be spent because we've just spent half an hour praising his first three signings in Wan-Bissaka, James and Maguire. So he can go to Woodward now and say, look, 
my first three signings have been fantastic. <laughs> Give me the checkbook because I'm, I'm going to improve the squad even more now. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know what? It's the big games. When when you're against like these big clubs and you're competing like you know with the the top six per se, it's these games where tactics really matter. You know, it's it's these games where it's who can outmaster or outclass their opposition. And because when player for player, most of the top six fairly competitive. I think we can all agree. And in fact, if you look at United's current side, I'd say we're we're towards the bottom half of the top six at the moment in terms of um, the players we have. If you put that into context and the way that Solskjaer, the way he's, we're just killing the top sides. We've now beat Leicester, Chelsea, City, Tottenham, Ars- Arsenal we've had a draw against. But he's getting results against the top sides. And the fact that he's doing that says, okay, tactically, he definitely knows what he's doing against these guys. It's the smaller teams where it's not even a tactical thing. You almost need just, you need the player quality because yeah, uh, you 100%. could have the... You could have the best tactics in the world, mate. If you don't have vision to break down those deep-sitting defences, there's nothing tactically that you can do. It's almost a trust the player. So I hope they back him with a midfield or two. No, exactly. He stole the words out of my mouth there. He's getting a tactically spot on, which in these big games where it's close, that is sometimes what it comes down to, an approach and a tweak here or there. But in the games when you're going to have the ball, you're going to need players like Man City have, like a De Bruyne, a Sterling, who can beat a player who have that little bit of quality. So 100%. And I think yeah, that doesn't come down to Solskjaer. That comes down to Woodward giving Solskjaer the players that he needs um, or, or any manager needs. Um, but yeah, um, we'll get in. Actually, before we... Yeah, we've still got to get into the Facebook comments and player of the year, etc. But something that has gone viral over social media, which we might as well talk about because um, you can't sweep it under the carpet. Did you see the... Man City fan who's looking like copying a lifetime ban for racial abuse. He's an absolute moron. Um, well, fair play he's... to Twitter because Twitter is all over it and they found his workplace, they found his Facebook page and he has absolutely gone viral within like an hour of the match. So um, he's lost his job apparently. Um, so it's a good start. You know what? With those things... I don't know the guy, obviously, but horrible judgment. Um, the, what, what he's doing is just—it's just outrageous, and it's uncalled for. And there's also another idiot who seemed to pelt or something at Fred. Yeah, well, like, there was that bit when they were taking the corner. There was lighters, and I saw a, a fan in the away end for United who was cut over the over the eyebrow with the coin. Um, it's just pathetic. We're football fans, right? Like at the end of the day, we love our clubs, but it's a game of football, guys. You know what I mean? It's be sensible. We're all there to watch something entertainment. Whether you're watching it through your screen or you're there in the stadium, respect each other because we all have lives to live outside of it. Um, the the thing I want to say is I kind of feel I feel sorry for this guy because the only reason I say that is because he, he's got a family and he's, it looks like he's got young children and to lose his job on the uh, you know, on the verge of Christmas, uh, not ideal. But you know what? He's brought it on himself, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and, only has himself to blame. And it's embarrassing as a grown man to be making monkey gestures uh, at people of colour. Just grow up. Um, We'll get on to... We'll try and wrap up a little bit. Um, We'll go to Facebook. Um, Robert um, left another comment. On a high today, two United games in a row I've enjoyed. Heaps of standout performances today. Too many to name, but Wan-Bissaka was great. Rashford, great. I thought James had a great game, some real quality deliveries in the box today. 
thought it was a tad early to take off Martial, but maybe to protect his injury. I still can't stand Andreas. Bottom line, great first half, great away win. A little bit of sweet as it pulls a firmer Liverpool hand on the trophy. I think that is one thing. Look, it's, we're going to have to accept it. They're going to win the league. But I think it's important for United fans to remember this is not on our watch. United were in charge for 30 years, for the best part of three decades, and they didn't let it happen. City have been in charge for five minutes. This is on City's watch, Liverpool winning the league. Nothing to do with us. It is not United's fault at all. Um, Sai has also left a comment. Um, someone predict, predicted Oli might not be... or Sorry, someone predicted Oli might be sacked after the City and Spurs game. To be fair, I don't know what he's listening to. Definitely not this podcast. We didn't say anything of the sort, did we? Not at all. I said he's going to win manager of the season. <laughs> um, Richard's uh, getting up at 4.15 after three hours sleep was tough, but well worth it. What a game. Um, and Anthony said, hope you put a bet on that 10 to 1, lads. I've seen a lot of people raking a little bit of money today um, off the back of that. I think Rashford was paying good odds and United, yeah, were paying up to 9 and $10. So um, fair play and congratulations to all those who got a little bit of cash on the weekend. Um, three, two, one votes. Um, man, look, every player has a case. I think um, every player was very good, but um, I think man of the match is pretty straightforward. I, I think we'd agree. Yeah, Ashley Young. Yeah, one hundred percent. Three points. I'll just put it in there. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, one Basaka. One Yeah, unreal. Um, yes, yeah, so some of the things, and he has this knack. You think when the player gets the ball and going to stand him up, you think there's no point. One Bissak almost gives them a head start so he can make a crunching tackle. He looks like he could make it a lot easier for himself, but he chooses not to. He sort of wants to make a challenge out of it, which is, um, yeah. Look, I think as he gets older, I mean, look, he, he's 21 years of age, right? When he starts getting into 30, 31, 32, he's kind of look at his defensive style but for now it's it's working for him yeah no 100% um, anyone for two points actually it might be a tricky one this week because there's so many well, candidates it is yeah so many good performances. I'll, I'll let um, you go too and I'll choose the one look I'm going to say Fred um, I thought the way Fred played again um, brilliant uh, it was a close one uh, for me I was splitting between him and McTominay but um, look, I think Fred really stood up again. Really, really well composed with the ball defensively. Worked hard. Um, you could even argue Lingard, but no, I'm going to say Fred for this one. Yeah, no, um, hard to argue at all. Um, and I think I'd have probably God. There are so many candidates, and I think I feel sort of harsh, um, sort of going against some other players. But just the guy you mentioned there, Scott McTominay. Just for he he played like an experience. Is what is he? Twenty two. I think you think his birthday might be tomorrow, but um, he just played like such an old head in the midfield, drawing fouls, winning fouls, getting under the skin of City players. But not only that, that's something that you and I can do. He provided that quality. Um, I can't think of any real mistakes he made with the ball. Like he was very composed with the ball, uh, very efficient. Tried to play forward, which does make a hell of a difference, especially mm. in a counter-attacking team. Getting that ball forward quickly. Um, does help. Sometimes he tries to maybe overdo that a little bit, sort of hits the ball in with a little bit too much pepper. But, um, yeah, I thought McTominay, since he's come back into the team, you've almost seen a visible difference in how much better we've been. Yeah, it just adds a physicality to our side, which isn't very big, if we're being honest. Like, we, we, you know, Mourinho loved his team of giants. 
it's completely opposite against uh, War with Ollie in charge, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he just adds much needed physicality. And yeah, I can't argue with anything you've said, but in saying that, it's still Fred. Now, I'm just <laughs> looking at the, um, the player of the year stand-ins. I'll just give a bit of an update because we don't just do these three, two, ones and just forget about it. We are adding a tally. Um, do you have any idea who is coming first on the list? I recall it was James by a country mile, but uh, I think Rashford would be nipping at his yeah, at his feet it, now. It, it was James, but Rashford is on the lead in 18 points. James is second with 15. Then we have a three-way tie on 12 with the three match winners today, McTominay, Wan-Bissaka and Fred. And then Harry Maguire is up there with 10 points. Um, well, so relatively we still close. Have, um, we still have one point to give away, don't we? Um, I'm going to say... Ooh, it's a hard one. I'm almost split between Lingard and What are you talking Lindelof. about? I just gave it to McTominay. Oh, you, did you? Okay, you well, I, I'm me? sorry, mate. Well, yeah, I thought we were still arguing about <laughs> who we're giving two points to. All yeah. right. Um, all right, if, if that's what we've agreed, mate. I mean, I took two wives for two points. Correct, so <laughs> um, one for McTominay. So they are the 3-2-1 stand-ins for the season. Um... Anything else to add on this morning's match? Um, not really, just a suggestion. Um, Lingard has a clothing line. I think McTominay should really get off, you know, really take advantage of the McSauce thing and look into investing some some products. What do you think? Oh, I think the last thing Scott McTominay needs to go is sort of delve into the social media world and clothing brands. <laughs> Personally, I don't think it affects Lingard. Actually, if you listen to Man United have a official podcast, Jesse Lingard, was on it and had a sort of a quite a good chat with David May, etc., um, about his clothing brand, etc., and what sort of role he does play in it, which is relatively absolutely zero. But um, it's actually a really good listen. But yeah, I don't, I don't um, envisage um, Scott McTominay as a player to go and put a sauce bottle on a shirt with his face on it. Unfortunate. I would buy one, though. I think it would be make a good Christmas present. Um, speaking of Christmas, um, for those in Sydney on Monday night, so tomorrow night, if you're listening today, um, Man United Supporters Club of New South Wales have their Christmas meeting at Club on East in Sutherland at 7.30. So it's always a good meeting. There's always a fair few make their way down there. Um, plenty of trivia. There's a little bit of food on hand. Um, and it's always better um, attending one of these meetings after a win. Um, as well, especially two wins, and especially a Manchester derby. So um, feel free to come down and have a chat. Um, yeah, again, that's Monday night at Club on East Sutherland. Um, I don't know when our next catch-up is, Larry. When are we, when's our next game? Everton? or it might, Actually, it might be Alkmaar, maybe. Yeah, Alkmaar is our next game. Uh, I think that's Friday yeah, morning Friday for morning. Us. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you updated on what our next podcast will be. Um, we'll ideally again make it at the pub. We just thought we're both at home t- at home today and wanted to take advantage of the positivity with the results. So we might as well hop on the computer and have a quick chat to try and um, might as well again take advantage of the positivity. And it's much better much better feeling talking about goals and wins and Solskjaer's uh, positivity and performances rather than. Um, how many points we are away from the relegation battle. Um, that's Arsenal's problem to deal with now. Yeah, I think with the AZ Alkmaar game, um, it's an opportunity for United to secure a top spot. And I, I know I've, I've seen people say who gives a toss, but I think coming first in that in that table is important. 
Um, if you just think about the sides who are going to drop out of the Champions League, there's going to be some top opposition there. So if you can get an easier draw um, on the way to the final, then I think you definitely should try and do that. Um, in saying that, because we've secured a, 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 you know to the group stage, I, I think it's important that... Or the knockout stage, I should say. I think it's important that Solskjaer has a balance between choosing a decent lineup but still giving kids an opportunity. I think the Premier League does still need to be the priority. Because, I mean, I'll throw it to you, mate. Top four, um, do you think it's on? Because I definitely do. We still have to face Chelsea. Yeah, They're well, five well, points yeah, ahead well, of us. When, when you look at points and that, yeah, 100%. In two weeks, technically, we can be in the top four. So, um, especially over... Well, we've still got another six months pretty much of the season. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to drop a lot more points. Chelsea are going to drop a lot more points. We've still got Tottenham and Wolves hot on our tails. So, um, Points-wise, yeah, 100% we're in the race. Um, you could almost look now as a bit of a... a I think it's very unrealistic, but almost a mini challenge for United and Solskjaer now could be um, catching Pep Guardiola. I think they're less than ten points ahead of us now. So if because they're on a bit of a bit of a slide, you think what sort of statement that would make if we can sort of challenge them for their league position, considering where we've been over the last couple of years? But maybe that's just Unpo- me, getting ahead, me getting ahead of myself a little bit. Unpopular opinion, but I don't really care. People say that Pep is the best manager in the world. Can we just? contextual he's whinging and complaining and he's like oh i've got defenders injured i've got and look he's got sane injured who i do think is a big loss but like let's be real yeah united don't have a defense that's better than cities uh we don't have an attack that's anywhere near cities especially not a midfield that's as good as cities if you look at what Solskjaer is doing with a lesser side and then you see Pep, who's blown so much money bought two goalkeepers in the space of a year because it was like oh, i don't like this toy buy me a new one and then you look at where they are compared to where we are. I don't think Pep's doing or showing what the world's greatest would do. And I think it's insulting to compare him to the great Sir Alex Ferguson. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, did you see the... I think one will finish on... Um, Roy Keane was obviously in the Sky Sports studio and he had a little bit of a dig at Man... Or not a little bit of a dig, a proper dig at Man City saying, I think they're now finding out how hard it is to win three Premier Leagues in, the ro- in a row. Not every team can do it. Obviously, United being the only team to have done it, uh, or technically done it twice, Keane was part of the first team that did it. So, um, yeah, I have a feeling Pep and City, look, they're obviously going to main, they're going to stay as a big powerhouse over the next few years. But I think they are on a slide now because Pep's going to eventually leave and that City team, you look at the hole they've left, the, the hole that's been left since Vincent Company's left. Soon you're going to get Sergio Aguirre leaving, David Silva leaving, etc., um, unfortunately, it looks like the team that's going to overtake them is Liverpool, unfortunately. But um, I think City's slide has um, commenced, I think. Um, and hopefully, under Solskjaer, um, the, the signs are there for a, sort of an upward trajectory. So, fingers crossed we can challenge them this season. Um, again, for anyone, which you are all listening on your phones now, holding your phone, if you can just go onto your iTunes or Spotify, etc., um, and leave us a rating and a review. It does actually really help the podcast, so we really appreciate that. It takes literally two seconds. Just click on the five-star, if you think it's a five-star rating, of course, which I'm sure you do. Um, again, we do really appreciate all the support, and again, anyone in Sydney um, wants to come to the members' meeting at um, Sutherland tomorrow night, feel free, and I'm sure we can have a chat about something on the podcast, maybe a, another midweek podcast. Um Larry, it's a pleasure. I do prefer this at the pub, so 
again to anyone listening or anyone who has listened to this we really appreciate it. hopefully the audio quality has come through um, nice and fine for you but we will resume our normal spot at the pub next week um, Larry always a pleasure mate thank you hopefully another three points three points will do nicely again thank you everyone for listening and cheers bye